You're listening to a Sharesies podcast. You mentioned the, the cyclone potentially increasing rents. I haven't seen any numbers about how many houses have been damaged or destroyed or how many people are going to leave the region. But what other effects could you imagine it having? Is it, is it going to exacerbate our housing shortage? Um, technically, uh, at the margin, yes, in that I saw an estimate uh, from one of the newspapers over the weekend of, I think, just over 300 houses red-stickered and I think about 1,400 that were yellow-stickered, so work needed to be done before people could you know, probably go back into them. As a proportion of the 1.9 million housing stock, it's it's not statistically significant um, at all, and I think the greater impact is more going to be on people giving thought to where they want to be located, um, to the flooding risk, um, and also to whether they're going to be getting the insurance. The insurance companies are now going to step forward, I think, even further with uh, heavily increasing premiums for areas at risk. We, we, we tended to think of this as near the sea, but of course, as we've seen, it's the large water catchments in some areas, or even a lot larger if the downpour is great enough, and being near rivers as well. And if the insurance is not available, uh, a fresh buyer is not going to get a mortgage in order to purchase their property. Um, my understanding is in South Dunedin, where there was uh, flooding a wee ways ago, um, and it's it's identified as with rising sea levels as potential to go under uh, there. There's, there was quickly about a 15% price differential, 1-5% sort of price discounting uh, compared with houses nearby. I, th- I think that shrunk away quite substantially now. People forget over time. They forget flooding events over time. And therefore, the response to this, it's only really going to have a long-term impact if we get actual rule changes by the local authorities or more especially by the government basically saying no to building in known at flood risk locations. And I guess what I'm hearing so far in the media is that the government is is, is looking at having to do that basically. Um, and of course having to also think about how do they buy out people who's, who simply cannot go back to their places. It's already been done in the red zones after Christchurch and so yeah, they, they should know how to go about doing this. You also mentioned, we talked earlier about, about the rebuild sort of being inflationary and, and you know it's not just houses but a lot of roads and infrastructure and I think we all saw photos of bridges just being completely washed away I don't know how much it costs to build a bridge but it's a lot um, that's that's got to be uh, some sort of positive upswing for the for the building sector and I'm sort of specifically thinking about the listed stocks here but but is that going to be because there there's been a bit of talk about mm, there's going to be a building slowdown um, maybe some construction firms are going to have a difficult year or two is, is that still true or has this kind of quote unquote saved them from the Aha, uh-huh, yes, you see, this is where we economists need to be careful about what we say and how we say it, because technically there will be an economic stimulus to the building sector for the rebuilding. That is not the same thing as saying there is now a fresh upturn in the house building sector. What it actually is, is the decline in house building in the next three years is going to be less than would otherwise be the case because there's going to be some rebuilding activity um, and maybe the level of infrastructure expenditure, which was growing anyway, will grow slightly more than would otherwise be the case. Now, I know many people have fretted about the availability of labour, if not materials, in order to do a lot of the rebuilding on the east coast of the North Island um, in particular. I don't think it's going to be a concern because the feedback we're getting from the uh, home building sector is that there's a bit of a cliff somewhere in the second half of this year where projects will be completed but the builders don't have anything new that they are moving on to. Um, the, the real point of the spear here is with the architects 
and the architects have been indicating for a wee while that their volume levels are falling away. The plans aren't being drawn up for the new multi-unit complexes. And of course, one reason is the banks have pulled back reasonably aggressively from financing a lot of this new development um, as well. They see potential for a recession in the economy. They see some stretched finances out there. We've seen a house building boom since you know late 2011 and just a feeling that you know maybe there'll be some individual sort of uh, vulnerabilities out there. And of course there's an expectation that some people who have signed up for um, new builds may not be able to settle when uh, they come, they're supposed to come up with the full money maybe later on this year. So uh, I think the resources will be available to assist with the uh, rebuild uh, there and I don't think the need for the government to initiate new migration rules specifically for that is going to be as strong as people might in fact be thinking.